He has placed you here not to stare at your feet, to wait the storm out. We have to have a higher calling. But we get to share a higher view, that we get to be the watchmen who can see what God is doing in our world, who look out at our city, our country, and the people around us standing on the love of Jesus, the protection of God, listening to the messenger of hope. Well, Jesus wasn't just a messenger. He was the king. And like a king, he was crowned, not with gold, but with a crown of thorns pressed into his head. Happy Easter, everybody, and welcome to the Life Church Canton podcast. My name is Sam Parham. I'm the tech guy at the church, and I'm also the host for this podcast. I'm so glad that you're listening. Um, if you just found out about Life Church Canton uh, this past Sunday because you saw one of your friends maybe share our, our service on Facebook or YouTube, we're so thankful that you uh, chose to spend some time with us. And uh, especially in this time of COVID-19, we just need to um, be really intentional about making time uh, to, to intentionally try and digitally get together with uh, the body of Christ and to be together because this walk of faith isn't meant to be done alone. So um, this is Easter Sunday, this this podcast episode, and Nathan is, is bringing the last message in our series that we're calling Cross Equals Love. And I'd really encourage you, um, this is a, a good one to listen to, but it's a better one to watch. Uh, it's not a traditional sermon um, in, in the kind of the terms that we normally do things. So go and watch it on our YouTube channel or on Facebook. But here's Nathan. Enjoy. God bless. Jesus, our redemption, our salvation, it's in his blood. The light of heaven, king forever, his kingdom come. Happy Easter. He is risen. Happy Easter. He is risen. Hopefully you're yelling back to me. Put it in the comments. It is so good to be with you if you're new. My name is Pastor Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm grateful that you are here. Whether you're visiting from another church or you haven't been to church in a while, I am so glad that you are here. Can you let us know I'm new in the Facebook comments, and one of my staff will get a hold of you. Um, It would be so good to know you're here. We're grateful we've been preparing for you. Um, I'm excited that you are here. No matter where you come from, I want you to take note. Not take notes, but take note. What do I mean by that? I believe that God wants to speak to you through the worship, through the music, through some kind of imagery, through the words of God, whatever it is, I believe that God wants to speak to you. And the most important thing that you can do is listen. So take note. And if you want to share what God's saying to you, put it in the comments. You can also share prayer requests or questions if you want to meet with a pastor. Whatever you need to do, you can do that in the comments. We're watching. We'd love to message you directly. I'm so glad you're here. Please, 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 I'm going to ask every single person, there are hundreds of devices watching right now to share, to share this. If you're watching, share this. It means so much to me. Go ahead and do it right now. Go ahead. Go ahead, just tune me out for a moment. I'll wait. I'll wait. But if you could share, that would be so great. 
it was a, a, an opportunity for you to share with the world this hope that you have found and people need to hear this message. So please share this. I'm so proud of you, church. I just wanna take a moment just to talk to the people who call this place home. I'm so proud of you. You guys have been generous. You guys have been faithful. You guys have been loving to people, doing incredible things, in, including 3D printing face shields and sewing face masks and putting together things for people. A, a single mom is taking care of another single parent with Easter dinner, and it's just incredible. In fact, there is someone who is translating this entire service into Portuguese for their friends. How cool is that? I mean, want, they want to make sure that their people hear the word of God in their heart language. That's pretty neat. So you could at least share it on Facebook or to people you know who need this hope. I'm so proud of you. We're all about this. The cross equals love. We're finishing the series with this. Uh, this moment, Easter. The cross equals love is this symbol that means so much. And we're learning exactly what it means. It's teaching us to be sacrificial, to be patient, to be loving, that love is essential, that it rejoices in truth, that it walks towards pain, not around it. It's the kind of love that transforms the world. And you guys are really living into it, which is incredible. This symbol is pretty amazing. It's been around for years, actually. A church called Hillsong was one of the people who brought it to the forefront, and they're still using it every Easter. I can't think of a better symbol of it. It means so much to me over the years and previous churches we've used it. Um, it. It has become kind of part of who we are. So a bunch of guys who I've worked with in the past who are now in churches all over the country, we went on a road trip and we were in Maine one night and decided that this symbol meant so much to us that we were going to get it tattooed on our body, which is fantastic. And this looks like an Instagram photo. Um, we didn't really pose for it. We were just trying to figure out how to put that in the way. I think we took like three pictures and, and we were trying to get all the, the, I'll show you what we were trying to show. We we're trying to show that, that we all got the cross equals love in different colors tattooed permanently on our body because it meant something. It, it's like we're at a bachelorette party or something. Oh, let's, let's get rid of that. <laughs> the cross equals love, it means something. It's not about a tattoo. It's not about a fun thing to do or even a marketing strategy. It's a symbol. And everything we do leads up to this in our life. I don't know if you know this, but your life, everything you do leads up to this. You know, I don't know if we really realize what this means. We've seen crosses on necks and gold chains and all around, but have we thought about what a cross actually is? Well, cross, it was a torture device, a death device, a power move of the Roman government. They would put people on crosses and kill them with it by slowly suffocating them, breaking their bones, and sometimes piercing them and letting them bleed out. How could that equal love? How could that equal anything but torture? And yet it does. Why? Because Jesus, he did something when he died on the cross. He died for you. There was a debt that needed to be paid and a debt by a world that needed to be paid. And the only way to pay it was a perfect sacrifice. And so God chose to do that. He chose to sacrifice for you and for me. And that's why a torture device turned into a symbol of love's sacrifice. The cross equals love. And without Jesus Christ, we have no future. We have no eternity. So no matter who you are, this, this symbol is so important to you. 
I want to go through 1 Corinthians 13. This is one of the passages that we've really been focusing on, and and, uh, I'm going to read through it. Let yourself hear how love is a little different. And yet I will show you the most excellent way. Don't we all want to know the most excellent way right now? If I speak in the tongues of men or angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give, what if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. What kind of love is this? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It forgives people. What kind of love is this? It's the love of God for us. Love, it does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. This pure kind of love seems to be something that I want to be part of. And I want to take it a step further. Love, it always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. And it always perseveres. Love always protects. This word stego in the original language is a word that means to bear up like a roof, like to hold a roof up, like to hold a roof of protection over us, like when the storm we had last week. It's like having a roof over your head. That's pretty amazing. Love, love is the foundation, the cement foundation and the girders and the truss and the roof of our faith. Without love, there is no protection. When we got married, my wife and I wanted to make sure that our love served as a place of safety for other people to experience the love of God. That our love, the love we have for each other that endures, that is patiently kind, that's sacrificial, that bears all things, that it creates a place of safety for others to experience hope and love. That's this kind of protection, this kind of love. It's like that song. It says, on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is is what? It's sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. God protects us with his love, and we can protect others with that love. It always hopes, always trusts. I love that. Always, always, always. We can trust and hope in our Savior. Why? Because he's already shown up. He's already proven himself faithful. What do you hope in? What are you hoping in right now? Really, when you think about, oh, I'm feeling anxious, what does your mind turn to? Does it turn to Jesus and what he's done for you and then he'll do it again? Or does it turn to that savings account right now, the money that's going to get us through this pandemic? You know, do you hope that you have protected yourself and social distanced yourself enough that you hope in that check coming from the government in the mail? Or do we trust and hope in God who gave his only son for us, who moved heaven and earth to save us and who promised to do it again? 
See, this is not unreasoning optimism, which fails to take into account reality. There is a reality that if we are wise in the way that we deal with this pandemic, it will provide a good thing. But if that's where we place our hope into, it's gonna fail us. This is not a, a false optimism. It's a refusal to take failure as final. It is a confident that looks to the triumph of God again and again and again. What are you hoping in? Love always perseveres. This means to face and withstand with courage, to endure. Love that does not give way easily, it endures. It produces something inside of us when we suffer. This endurance, this perseverance that comes along. What does this mean, this always perseveres? Well, I think of that old sailor who's got hold fast on his knuckles. He has been through it. He's saying like a thing or two. And I get this image of him on the seas in the middle of the, a storm and swells of waves and winds buffeting everything. And he's holding on to this rope and he's holding fast to it, even though his skin is tearing because he knows that holding fast is the only way to get through. That's this kind of love. And that's the kind of love that God has for you. This gritty, grimy, awesome, enduring, strong love. Jesus endured the cross because he had you in mind. He took sin on you and then he beat sin and death forever. This is the love we stand on, the love of Christ, the place we put our hope in. And I would be remiss if we didn't stop for a moment. The Apostle Paul, he used to write letters and then all of a sudden he would stop. It was like he was writing and then he was overcome by the love of God. So we had to stop and praise him. And so we need to stop for a moment and praise that love does not happen without Christ. It's in Christ alone that our hope is found. Let's worship him in Christ alone. Sin has lost its grip on me. This is the culmination of everything, that because of what Christ has done, we now get to experience love. The Bible is 66 books. And I don't know if you knew that. It's a lot of books, but it's written as one story. It's one story that leads up to God making all things new. And the main character is Jesus Christ. Jesus, his resurrection, his death and resurrection is like the climax of the story. Everything leads up to this. Now, in one of those stories, thousands of years before Jesus was born, there was a poem, a poetic poem that was written about him. It was written about his return, when he would come and what we celebrate even now. Now, this poem was written to Jerusalem. Jerusalem had just been absolutely devastated. And this poem was meant to give them hope and to be a prophecy, to say something is about to happen. Now it's written, it's in Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. It's full of prophecy in there. But Jerusalem had just been destroyed. They're asking where God is. God was supposed to protect them. And yet there looked like there's devastation everywhere. And they're saying, where is my God? And there's a watchman on the tower, the ruined city. And he sees off in the distance, way far away, someone running, running to the smoking, devastated city, running and running. And he's yelling and the watchman listens and hears and hears that the messenger is saying, good news, good news, good news. <laughs> running towards a city that was devastated, that was with a message of hope. And here's that message of hope. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. 
There was a message of salvation was coming and the person writing the poem was saying, how beautiful are the feet of the one who brings that message of hope. How beautiful are the feet. It's an interesting turn of phrase. I, I think that people are pretty beautiful right now. I'm extroverted and I miss people. So when I see people, I'm like, oh man, it is good to see you. Here, it's good to have a message of hope in the midst of all of this pain. It goes on to say this, how beautiful are the feet of those who proclaim peace, peace, and bring good tidings. And I could use some good tidings right now. I could use some good news. Anyone else need some good news right now? I know you do. Now it goes on to say, those who proclaim salvation, saying there's a rescue, there's a way out, something is coming, and who say to Zion, your God reigns. This was the most important thing to tell Jerusalem at the time. Your God still reigns. It's the most important thing that you need to know that God, he still reigns. How beautiful are the feet of the one who brings the good news. Now, this was about Jesus because Jesus returned. So the king is going to come back and Jesus was that king. He came to proclaim peace and bring good tidings and to bring salvation. This is about Jesus returning. That despite the destruction of Jesus' day, that despite the destruction of the world today, he has come and it changes everything. This message of good news and hope could never come at a better time. Fear runs rampant every single day and anxiety threatens to take us over. Have you had these moments, these moments when the enormity of what is happening has hit you? This week preparing for Easter and for all the things that I needed to do, preparing for the fact that we wouldn't be together and yet, Easter is the most important Sunday of the year, the most important day of the year. The enormity of bringing this message to you and to maybe you who are brand new, who are just tuning in because you need a message of hope. As I thought about the finances of the church and, and the staff members and those who have gotten sick, and as I'm feeling a little sick in the moment, everything hit me and the enormity of it overwhelmed me. My pulse started to quicken and anxiety started to rise up in me. And there's very few times that I've had these moments, but this was one of them. And when I thought of those who were dying and who had been infected, I, I kind of was overwhelmed. I begin to lose it. See, in that moment, my illusion of control shattered. See, I thought that if I could do enough, have enough, be enough, work hard enough, that I would be able to outrun a pandemic. Reality is, there is no outrunning it. Man, we can be smart and wise, but we can't control everything. See, my illusion of control shattered, was lying all around me. I had done so much in my own power and I realized I didn't have that power. And what made me feel safe dissolved in a smoke screen. And I felt myself losing a little bit of my footing, a little bit of my grounding. Have you been there? Do you know what I'm talking about? That feeling that so many of the world are feeling. The ancient Israelites, they felt that way. Maybe you're feeling that way right now. And yet they get a message of hope in the midst of this that God is going to make things right. 
Do you believe the news? Do you believe it? Do you dare to hope that it could be true? What if God has been calling out to you? What if he's been that messenger that in the midst of your destruction and devastation, I don't know what it is for you, that he's been running towards you for years, calling out, good news, good news, good news. I'm still in control. Would you dare to hope that it's true? When Jesus was here, he announced that he was king. A king who would come back not to condemn the world, but to draw it close to him. He was that messenger of good news, but he was also the king to offer a way of salvation through himself. And he offers that to every one of us today. He suffered and he died on a cross for us. And he presented a new kingdom, a kingdom that wasn't built on fear and might and willpower and force, but instead transforms the world through loving kindness and patience. Do you believe the news that God has come for you? I want you to know that God is madly in love with you and he moved heaven and earth, earth to find you. He moved everything so that you would know him, so that you would experience him, so that you would hear his voice. And he's a messenger crying out to you in the midst of this. He's crying out that good news has come. I want you to know that I believe that God wants to speak to you, that he wants to tell you something great. I wanna to speak to everybody now in the room. We had that passage that talks about how beautiful are the feet of the one who proclaim salvation. How beautiful are the feet of the one, of those who proclaim salvation. Do you believe the news? More importantly, do you proclaim the news? Jesus was not just a messenger, but a king of an eternal kingdom built on love. And he wanted to spread that love. And for some of us, I'm going to be honest with you. You say you believe in this message of love, and yet... You don't share it. And I just in this Easter, I'm so proud of our church, but if I could ask you to do anything is to remember, remember the love of God for you and let that love flow through you to other people. The world needs to hear the love of Jesus Christ more than ever before. Will our feet be the ones who take it to them? How beautiful are the feet of those who proclaim salvation. As we journey through this new normal, I find myself asking the question, where is God? Where's the message of hope? And for many of us, the tragedy is too much. The road ahead seems like you're taking two steps forward and three steps back. It's as if our heart is crying out for peace and hope but our circumstances seem to drag us back down an endless staircase leading to nowhere. We've lost our jobs, lost loved ones, separated from those we cared for, grandchildren never held, unspoken words never said. It's like we keep climbing this ladder step by step and rung by rung, but what's on the other side? What's coming next?
with Christ and his word, his love, we can endure. We can step out of a myopic worldview. We can step out of a sheltered in place, disconnected, unreality into something new. You see, God sees things differently. He has placed you here not to stare at your feet, to wait the storm out. We have to have a higher calling. We get to share a higher view that we get to be the watchmen who can see what God is doing in our world, who look out at our city, our country, and the people around us standing on the love of Jesus, the protection of God, listening to the messenger of hope. Well, Jesus wasn't just a messenger. He was the king. And like a king, he was crowned, not with gold, but with a crown of thorns pressed into his head to symbolize the suffering servant. And he was given a purple robe, the color of royalty, but it stuck to his lacerated and bloody back. And he was elevated, but not on a throne of stone or gold or iron, but elevated on a cross, naked for all to see where he died. His hands and his feet nailed through into the wood. How beautiful the feet of the one proclaims salvation. If our faith was simply that he died, we would serve someone who was defeated. But he wasn't just a messenger of good news. He was the king. And you can't keep a king down. He rose from the grave three days later and he proved that he had a kingdom that would reign eternal. Do you believe the news? A messenger ran to a city thousands of years ago, destroyed to bring a message of hope. And Jesus came to a world to announce a message of hope and become hope. And now God has called us to proclaim salvation to a world that needs this hope more than ever, to shout it from the rooftops. Will you let your comfort, fear, selfishness, or despondency keep you from becoming the beautiful feet of one who proclaims salvation? There was this old tradition of the Israelites. What they would do is they would get together and they would air all of the things inside of them that were frustrated. They would, they would speak out loud their anxieties, their fears, their hopes for other people, whether it was people who are sick or people who are hurting or anxiety. They would air it out as a community, just like they would get together on a mountaintop and hundreds and thousands of people would get together and they would speak out their fears and their worries. And then at an appointed time, they would yell together three times, the Lord reigns, the Lord reigns. It's the same message from that messenger long ago, your God reigns. And something in this shouting, something in this moment changed them and reminded them of who they were, who they are, the love on which they stand, the roof, as it were. <laughs> 
I believe that God wants us to do this. They called it a festal shout, which is an interesting name for it, but it was the same terminology, the great shout that went up around Jericho where they marched around it seven times, gave a shout to God. And it was almost like God and the heavenly host, the angels and humans shouted as one and the walls fell down. This tradition is something that we should bring on and we do every time that we worship. We're gonna worship in a moment and we're gonna shout. We're gonna get excited. We're gonna yell. We're gonna talk about how he makes ways where there is no way. How there's power in the name of Jesus. And here's the deal. I better hear you shout from here in your homes. You better shout so the roof comes off because something changes when we worship God. When we fix our focus on him, I'm going to let you know something. And that moment of anxiety where my illusion of control fell apart, I was able to turn to God. And when I fixed my focus on him, things changed. So I encourage you in this moment, right before we worship, speak out. Think of your cares, your worries, your fears. Speak them out to God right now. Speak them out as a community, as a family, as a group of people in your home. Speak out your worries and fears. Speak them out right now. Don't stop. Go ahead. Speak them out. I'm assuming you're doing it right in the comments. Do that. And in a moment, I'm going to yell the festal shout of the Lord reigns three times. I encourage you as we go into worship to shout with me. Let that lead you into a place of worship with our God. Speak out the things that God has put on your heart. What is hurting? What is in pain? Who are you lifting up? Coworkers, people who are sick, family members who have lost a loved one. Speak them out in the name of Jesus. And then shout with me. The Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. God is the way maker. He's making all things new. And I'm so excited that you got to join in Easter with us, but it's not done yet. See, there are people watching right now where you need to make a decision to follow Jesus for the very first time or maybe to recommit your life to God. Don't wait for another pandemic, for another problem, for another crisis to come. Choose now the love of Jesus Christ for you, that he died for you, that he rose again so that you can live in love and in power. The best way you can do that is by talking to him, committing your life to him, and inviting him to transform you and make you new. You can pray with me this prayer. You can repeat it out loud or in your heart. You can make this your own, but talk to God. There's nothing magic about this prayer. You are with him now, and he wants to hear from you. So close your eyes, you can open up your hands, Just listen to these words and make them your own. Repeat after me out loud or in your heart. God, I am broken. God, I need a savior. God, I know that Jesus Christ is my savior. And I pray in this moment, I pray and accept Jesus as my Lord and my savior, my rescuer and my friend. I will follow him for the rest of my days. Make me new, make me like you, and help me spread this word. Help me be the feet, the messenger of the love that I have found. Amen.
Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you want to find out more information about Life Church Canton or other churches in the Life Church Network, you can go to lifechurchcanton.org/now for our now page or fill out the form linked in the show notes below and someone from the church will reach out to you with more information. If you watched Life Church for the first time this past weekend, we would love to know about that. We believe that life isn't meant to be lived in isolation, but we want to connect with you and learn to live like Jesus in community together. If you want to email the show, you can do that at podcast at lifechurchcanton.org. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're enjoying it, please share it with a friend and leave us a review. Once again, my name is Sam Parham, and you've been listening to the Life Church Canton podcast. Have a great week, everybody.